Hello, so this one is um, a video that might appeal to probably less people than, than normal. Um, I was uh, watching one of the Owen Benjamin videos, recent, uh, one of the recent ones, uh, where he discusses IQ a little bit. And he also referred to Vox Day, who also talks about IQ quite a bit. And there are some interesting things about IQ and the communication gap. So, just as a baseline, I think Owen said his IQ is around 147. I know Vox's is around 150, something like that. And I know that mine's around 155, something like that. I think Vox and I have got around the same sort of IQ, probably. But an interesting point that an observation that uh, Owen made was that um, you know, Vox is especially retarded. You know, he can't pack luggage in, in his uh, boot of his car sort of thing. He'll get it wrong. And uh, that's absolutely true. I mean, I've had a conversation with Vox where um, we were discussing how, you know, sometimes it's difficult to deal with um, people that are incompetent at the level that, that you find difficult to, to grasp. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't know how you or so patient, you know, most of the time. And he says, well, that's really easy. It's because I know that I'm retarded in spatial awareness sort of uh, problems. And it was quite interesting to hear him talk about it. Now, the interesting thing is that, um, as Owen correctly pointed out, the fact that Vox is, um, you know, spatially, uh, his IQ, spatially speaking, is, is, is low, means that his over, you know, his IQ in other areas is probably um, high, probably around 165 mark or, or, or above. And it's interesting because both Owen and I, completely separately, I don't, I haven't spoken to Owen, I just watch his videos and so on, came to the same conclusion, um, which I told Vox a while back, which, um, you know, Vox is strategically uh, more intelligent than I am. He's... Um, his long-term strategic plans for things and how he sees things and what he can see coming ahead is better than mine. Um, there are other areas I think I can, I'm better than he is, like tactically perhaps, you know, in a, in a more day-to-day um, -day survival sort of environment, I think I'm, I'm better. <clears throat> and again, you know, I've discussed this with Fox. Um, we've had a conversation about it quite a few years back and um, generally sort of agreed on, on this. But the interesting thing is that, you know, the, the people we find difficult to, to communicate with are not really the sort of average 100 IQ person. Um, now, keep in mind that when you're accusing the 150 plus zone, somewhere around there, and the average person IQ is about a hundred. Um, they, you know, it was I think Vox through reading Vox's blog that I first came across the idea that there is the IQ communications gap, which is about thirty points, or two standard deviation. A standard deviation is about fifteen IQ points. When there's a thirty IQ point gap, um, the lower IQ person cannot, literally cannot follow, cannot understand how the higher IQ person does and thinks and, and recognizes patterns and so on. And uh, Vox has uh, modified uh, Arthur C. Clarke's uh, law of um, technology 
to, uh, to state his own uh, Vox's law of intelligence, which is um, a sufficiently high intelligence is indistinguishable from madness. And that's sort of true, because keep in mind, you know, if you're an average IQ person, and I'll, I'll come to this in a bit, a bit later in the video, but this is not about IQ making you better than everybody else. Your IQ says nothing about your, your morality, your ethics, and so on. It, you, you can be a really high IQ person and be perfectly, completely evil. So we're not talking about that. And another thing that is um, very interesting, which people with IQ around 150 plus know, instinctively understand, is that your IQ doesn't necessarily make you better than anybody else or worth more than anybody else. <clears throat> Any more than say, you know, being great at basketball makes you better than anybody else. Now, obviously, you know, being great at basketball means you're a better basketball player, you know, and uh, if you position yourself in such a way in life that you can take advantage of that, um, it might work out well for you. But um, there are a few things with high IQ that um, that come with that territory. Uh, one of them is to go back to this IQ gap. If you imagine, if you're the average sort of person, say around 100 IQ, a 30 IQ gap means that when you talk to a person with 70 IQ, which is, I believe, the threshold or thereabouts for um, considering someone mentally handicapped, you know, actually retarded to use the correct term, which is, it's not insulting, you know, it is somebody who is behind sort of the, the curve. Um, this is pretty obvious. To a 70 IQ person, the 100 IQ person looks like somebody who can do magic things, you know, that the, the guy with the 70 IQ cannot do the things that a normal person can do. But in general, if you've come across people that are 70 IQ, they accept this. They don't actually fight against it. Um, they sort of recognize, understand that the normal person has abilities that they don't have and they, you know, they'll follow him, they'll take guidance from him. You can have a pretty decent sort of relationship with somebody with a 70 IQ in terms of um, your ability to, uh, you know, be with them. But this is because generally in society, somebody with a 70 IQ is perceived as being handicapped in some way, and we make allowances for them. Now, the problem is that when you are, uh, say, a 120 IQ person, you're used to most of the time being the smartest person in the room because the average being 100 IQ, 120 points higher means that you're, you know, one and a half or just over one standard deviation above the average. That's not so uncommon as people think. Um, I've worked in a, in a firm where almost everybody was about 120 IQ, between 130 and 120, something like that. Now, these people, generally, the 120 to 130 IQ, are successful people in, in life. You know, doctors, lawyers, judges, and so on. They professors, they, they end up being around this sort of level. Beyond that, you become a little bit ostracized. You become uh, sort of uh, so far beyond the curve that the rest of society doesn't quite know how to deal with you. 
and you tend to become sort of ostracized. And the, a lot of these fields, like again, you know, being a doctor, a judge or whatever, they tend to sort of close ranks against people with a higher IQ than about 130. And it's not intentional, you know, it's not done with evil intent. It's just, so you know, humans are social animals, essentially. And it's a, it's a byproduct of the fact that a person with 150 IQ looks like a crazy person to uh, somebody with 120 IQ. Furthermore, the guy with 120 IQ is used to being right most of the time, is used to being the smartest person in the room most of the time. So when he comes across somebody with 150 IQ who can do perhaps in his own profession things better than he can, he can't understand how this is possible. Um, and he assumes generally um, either subterfuge or deception or madness or blind luck. Um, imagine that you're a doctor, right? that you've worked as a doctor for many years and you're perhaps a specialist in, let's say, brain tumors or a particular type of brain tumor. And you've spent 20 years doing that and you're sort of a leader in your field. And along comes a guy who has got no medical training whatsoever, who spent six months researching the same brain tumor that you specialize in and who has achieved the level of understanding of that issue that is equal to your own, at least, possibly even superior in certain things, or is aware of certain things that are recent in the field that perhaps you're not completely caught up with. How do you feel? <clears throat> now, almost everybody watching this video is going to think, well, you know, if I was a doctor that looks at brain tumors and a guy that only spent six months looking into it can know as much as I know, I'd be okay with it. I'd be like, you know, well, that's great. How did you do that? You know, but the reality is human nature is not really like that. And you wouldn't really believe that. So what would happen is that would become demonstrated to you in a conversation with this guy, or maybe he comes to see you because somebody that is sick that he knows you know, he, he comes and talk with you about it. And it would be demonstrated by his knowledge in your presence, where you're supposed to be the expert. And this guy just comes along and says, oh, by the way, and this and that and the other, and does this work that way? And, you know, A, B, and C, and then D. And you've got A, B, and C, and you're not really sure about D, but this guy speaks with such conviction. And then maybe you you ask him, you know, say, are you a doctor? He says, no, 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 I just looked it up on the internet. And he's going to be like, well, what are you going to be like? You're going to be like, oh, okay, this guy is just, he must have just found the little bits and pieces that matter. And here he is trying to tell me, you know, how to suck eggs. So instinctively, you're going to, again, feel there's some level of deception or some level of um, subterfuge. And instinctively, you're going to be defensive. Now, apply this, you know, throughout life and you end up, with these people that are 150 plus IQ being somewhat ostracized. And in, 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 a, in a sense, this has happened to Vox, this has happened to Owen, um, it's happened to myself in different ways. And it's, um, it's interesting, you know, it's interesting also to see what somebody with that level of IQ is, is like, because there's not that many of them. I think if I remember right, at the 150 plus IQ level, you know, that's above sort of 
three, three standard deviations puts you in the 145 IQ. So beyond that, you're, you're over three standard deviations from the norm. I, if I remember correctly, there's about one in 10,000 people. It depends on which scales you look at and whatever. But the thing is, um, you know, people with that level of IQ are going to see patterns that the average person doesn't see, are going to think in a way that the average person can't think, literally cannot think. And it's... Um, I've noticed some patterns of people like this. Um, generally speaking, the people that have that level of IQ, because they've been ostracized in one way or another from sort of normal society, tend to have developed their own sort of survival mechanisms. Uh, one guy I know whose IQ is higher than mine by quite a bit, he's in the 160 plus, over 160 um, IQ. I had a very interesting conversation with this guy and it was sort of frustrating for me because he kept, I can't remember the details of the, of the conversation, but it was some highly esoteric philosophical sort of um, abstract concepts of uh, philosophy and religion mixed together. And I could see this guy had he was onto something, you know, but he just sort of kept dropping these little crumbs and I was getting frustrated because like, but why don't you just come to the point, you know, just tell me what it is that you're saying. Is it A, B or C or, or whatever, you know? And it was clear to me within about, I would say, you know, it was a chat over, over the phone, like with, with in writing, which was preferable because I had a conversation with this guy before, you know, in, um, voice over Skype and um, it was somewhat inconclusive from my from my perspective but over chat in writing because we both use language quite precisely it was very interesting and I could within about 10 messages or so you know I could tell this guy was smarter than I am and had a deep knowledge about a number of, of concepts and yet his unwillingness to sort of be very direct made it extremely time-consuming from my perspective to get to the point and in the end I understood what his point was and it was a somewhat valid point you know and theoretically it was a valid point but practically at a practical level it didn't really apply much you know it's sort of like the guy who says um well, yes, you have to change your brake pads every 2,000 kilometers. And we're now 2,110 kilometers, so, you know, you're in danger. The reality is that you've got safety factors that, you know, unless you something else goes wrong, the likelihood that you're okay, you know, um, even if your brake pads are a little bit over. It was something along those lines, you know, in terms of practicality. And... Um, it made me aware that just being really smart, being having a really high IQ, doesn't necessarily make you practically um, any any more capable of navigating the realities of life than a normal IQ person. And in some ways, it makes it more difficult because, again, you see certain things that other people don't see, so it becomes difficult for for you to. Um, to fit in, really. 
And there was a couple of patterns that I noticed that I just thought were interesting. Another thing I noticed about people with 150 IQ plus is that they tend to have some level of, I call it autism because you know I have a certain level of Asperger's, although it doesn't present that way. Um, and I've noticed it in others. I've noticed it in Vox. I've noticed it in um, Owen's uh, videos. Owen is aware of his, I think, you know, like for example, Owen will jump from, he said it himself, something along the lines of, you know, I'll be talking about uh, the economy and then I'll be talking about Jews and banking and then I'll talk about, oh, look, there's a dog. Oh, I have to milk my goats. Oh, hi, boy, you know, to his kid. And he just jumps from topic to topic. And you can almost see it when he starts to, talk about one topic and another thought crosses his mind and he quickly jumps onto that and then he tries to come back to it and then another thought and I can relate to that very much because you know even in this video like I'm, I'm trying to discuss something and I've got a little list of a couple of points I want to cover but it's easy to get sidetracked because you can see all the possibilities and you sort of think oh but then you know what 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 will people think about this point? And I've missed that and I haven't said this. And it's sort of natural because when you have 150 IQ, you tend to, unfortunately for the average person, it seems to them like you're skipping steps, you know? So, and sometimes it's difficult for us to, to understand, but wait a minute, what doesn't this guy get? You know, did, I went from step one, step two and step three, but for the average person, you went step one, step 17, step 98. And they're like, how the hell did you get there from this? Um, so we sometimes try and fill in the gaps and it can become very pedantic. It can seem like you're extremely boring. It can seem like you're being condescending. It can seem like you're arrogant. You know, for example, some people complain about Vox's videos being boring um, and he's quite deliberate in the way he speaks and he speaks quite slowly. And he said it himself, you know, he said, um, video is not my, my uh, medium, but people keep asking me to do it. So I've done it, I'm doing it and I'm getting better. And he is, if you look at his first videos and you look at his videos now, he's a lot better. Um, but you can see he's also doing two or three things at the same time. He's sort of reading the chat at the same time that he's talking. He's thinking about three different concepts and he, he also gets sidetracked sometimes. Um, uh, one of the things that I found with Vox uh, is that he's very literal, um, which is, again, makes sense. He's a writer, he's an editor, but he uses words very precisely. And if you're not used to that, um, you know, when I, f when I first came across his blog for a brief period of time, I sort of thought, oh, this guy is just some retarded, sell it, you know, typical know-it-all American, because I sort of Kim read his couple of blog posts, but then I read them a little bit more carefully and I sort of thought, well, you know, what is he actually saying? And if you pay attention, he uses words very, very carefully in a very uh, intentional way. And he gets frustrated when people don't uh, understand that sort of, again, skim read, which is where we all unfortunately do it to some extent or other because there's so much information coming at us. But the thing is, um, people assume that Vox is extremely arrogant because of his, of the way that he uh, uses words. They also assume, oh, it's a sneaky way of doing things, but it's not. He's not, uh, you know, I've met Vox, I've been at his house, whatever. It's, it's not, he's not trying to like fool you. 
in his mind, he's like, but I've explained this very precisely. Why don't you get it sort of thing? And, you know, he knows that people won't get it. I mean, it's again, it's part of his blog thing, right? He says, um, I don't expect you to understand I don't even, or agree. You know, I don't even expect you to understand. It's, but uh, nevertheless, he says, I've stated my point. It's in writing. You know, it's over there. Check it out. Um, Owen's frustrations come more from sort of the, the anger at like the, the injustices of things, which again, I relate to quite a lot. Um, there are a couple of things that I've, um, I've noticed in terms of, of, uh, of patterns that are, for example, you know, I mentioned that like uh, Vox has got a higher level of strategic thinking than, than I do or that Owen does. And yet, you know, Vox plays football um, and he's spatially kind of retarded and yet he does pretty well, you know, and you sort of think, well, why, how does that work? Because he uses his strategic awareness of the field and where the ball is going to be and he places himself in that position so that despite the fact that, you know, um, his ability to kick the ball exactly where he wants and exactly at the right time might not be as anywhere near as good as his teammates, the fact that he can see the overall pattern of the whole game probably puts him in a situation that makes him extremely valuable to the team um, and would probably make him a good coach. So, again, when you've got a high enough IQ, you can reroute your... Um, inadequacies, let's say, into and, and use aspects of your intelligence that you're comfortable with to overcome certain things. And again, this looks even weirder to people, you know, um, they don't get that. So this uh, communication gaps tends to create isolated high intelligence people who develop various defense mechanisms. Um, the guy I discussed earlier, who's smarter than I am, his defense mechanism is that he takes on various types of personas that are not necessarily, you know, that are sort of conflict avoidant. And he presents himself to you in a different way, depending on what he perceives you to be. And he, he will approach you in, you know, in a different way so that he can get along with almost everybody. And that was his survival skill. You know, Vox's survival skill, I think, has probably been self-isolation to a certain extent. Um, and that works for him. Um, I think Owen's uh, survival skill has been sort of to uh, be obstinate and to a certain extent self-isolate. Um, but he also, you know, comes at things at a run. Um, they're both... Uh, highly honest people, both Owen and Vox are extremely honest people. And that makes it even more sort of, you know, you get, you have to get a thick skin. If you're honest and smart, um, you're, you're going to have problems in life just because most people are not that honest. And the fact that you're smarter than them makes them think even more so that you're a duplicitous, evil, underhanded, trying to take over their position kind of guy. So they'll, they'll fight you on it. Um, anyway, so if you are a high IQ person, my advice to you would be get out of your comfort zone, um, learn different skills. Uh, I was lucky in that I am a high IQ, uh, high IQ person and I do have a Spurger, so I could have gone 
you know, I could have been one of those guys that sort of can't leave the house because otherwise he ends up in jail or, um, you know, or, or killed by a mob of people with pitchforks. But I had to move around a lot when I was a kid and uh, still have, you know, in my adult life. And as a result of that, I developed a sort of super skill of surviving by adapting to whatever the hell is going on. So I can pick up a skill really quickly, even if it's something I've never done before. I will learn something at a high speed enough to get me competent and, you know, a little bit above the average competence in just about anything. And then if I focus on it, I'll tend to get better than than the average. I'll tend to be sort of in the 120, 130 IQ type person level of proficiency without that being my main area of study that I care about or that I want to look into. Now, most people are not that level of IQ, so I'd like to also point out one other thing. When I found out that I, you know, I did two official IQ tests, and no, I don't have them with me because I moved 52 times, and I didn't care at the time, and I still don't really. The first time I did the test, I scored 157. And in my mind, I thought, that can't be right. You know, that's way high. So I made sure I got another official, you know, very well-recognized, and I can't remember the name of it, test. And I thought, I'm going to try and do really well in this one. And on that one, I scored 152, which makes perfect sense because, you know, when, when you're trying hard to do something, you're tense. You're bound to screw up a little bit more. If you're just relaxed and just going with it and having fun with it, generally tend to do better, whether it's a mental or a physical exercise. But it never I never saw that as a sign of me being necessarily better than anybody else because I knew that the things that I cared about weren't necessarily IQ. I mean, the, the things, one of the guys that I had a lot, a lot of time for was probably like a 70 IQ person. I mean, this guy couldn't, could not, understand the concept of square meters, you know, um, you couldn't. And I spent a week patiently trying to explain it to him and he, he just, it was beyond him. But he was one of the most honest people I've ever met and he was loyal to a fault. And, you know, I have that guy in my, in my foxhole in a war, you know, and he definitely wasn't a smart guy. You know, he, he was, I think, functionally probably a bit special, but um, great guy. You know, and so sort of loyalty and uh, honesty, your level of care, compassion, empathy, these things are more important to me than whether your IQ is 150, 160, 170, 120 or whatever. The other thing is that if you are a 120 IQ person and you're watching these videos or you're watching Vox or you're watching Owen and, you, you know, you get this like sort of gamma response of like, Oh, these guys are just assholes. Maybe just calm yourself down and understand there's people smarter than you that see things that you don't see. Take your time and look at the whole body of work that these people have done. And you'll see that it's consistent. And perhaps you can rethink things a little bit. Like, uh, you know, Vox coined this term midwit, which is his word for the 120, 130 IQ crowd, because they're the people he has a problem with. And it's true, they're the people I tend to mostly have a problem with. I don't have a problem with somebody with 100 IQ, because we're so far above them that it's like, oh, I can see everything he's going to think and say, and get along with them fine. They don't try and challenge my 
uh, intelligence or anything like that. The guy with 120 IQ, he just assumes he's smarter than I am, keeps fine, you know, failing at proving that, and then gets upset. But it's not my fault, <laughs> you know. So um, it's a little bit of a think about that IQ gap. The 30 30 point difference is is something interesting because there's a communication gap there that is difficult to bridge from both sides. And it's not intentional. And uh, it's it's a very interesting concept that explained to me a lot of the problems I had in life and whatever with people came basically from that. So um, just a little concept you can uh, think a little bit about. That's it for today.